Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopeck, coming to you from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, located here in Pittman, New Jersey, as we do each and every Tuesday week. It's a beautiful fall night, and I got Dr. Frey with me. Doc, how are you making out? You know I'm great, Jason. <laughs> this fall weather, uh, you know, it just reminds me of football season, and now we're back-to-back episodes, and we're going to be talking some NFL injuries and don't this you morning, love it? Yeah, it's the it's the most perfect time of year, in my opinion. You know, the weather's great. We got right. football on Sundays, right. Mondays, Spe- Thursdays. Spectacular weekend this past yeah. weekend, weather-wise. And, you know, I don't think I've hid the fact that I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and my week always is better when the Eagles win on Sunday or Monday, whatever it may be. And, of course. Um, so, you know, didn't start the week out great, coming off that loss to the 49ers, and, but – it was amplified by the fact that the Eagles had two significant injuries yeah, and big injuries. Yeah. And we obviously lost Brandon Graham for the year to an Achilles injury. Right. Uh, Achilles tear. We covered that back on episode 13. And we had Dr. Bramp. And, that, and that's a guy that seemed to make the big play when the big play was needed. Right? right. Like, you know, at times, at least I think locally, he was criticized for not having a higher level play throughout. But I, I got to tell you, one, I, I think he's a really good ball, uh, mm-hmm. really good player. And then two, seemed to make the right play at the right time. Yeah. So that, that, that is that, that's a big the loss. heart and soul of defense for sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, you know, that that's probably the topic of conversation tonight if we haven't covered it a few weeks ago but you know so we encourage the listeners you know we're not going to make this episode about the achilles tear because we did this before about another philly athlete when we were covering roman quinn from the phillies that's right so we encourage you to go back and listen to that but the other significant injury was the brandon brooks from the offensive line and coming into the season the thing was you know you got to be able to protect jalen hurts and sure the offensive line is great if they stay healthy. If they stay healthy. And that's been the problem the last couple of years. And unfortunately, it's been the problem with Brandon Brooks. Right. Um, so we, you know, we, we're going through the game. And sure enough, we find out that he has, at the time, we just knew a pectoral injury. Not even, right? Chest injury. Chest injury. Right. Exactly. Which can be bad. Right. right? It, it could be pretty, pretty significant. And it could be season ending. And the initial reports coming out where he could be done for the year. Pec tendon tear, probably yeah. done for the year. And... This was, you know, coming off, you know, we know that he had, you know, two Achilles tears in his past. He dislocated his shoulder. Right. He hasn't been on the field as much as we want him the last three, four years. Yeah. A few more reports come out. Nick Sirianni has his press conference a few days later. We find out it may just be a pec strain. Right. Um, so that kind of a sigh of relief there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But let's take, let's, let's go through the injury, what we know of it. Yeah. Um, why don't you start us off? So we don't have the details, you know, just how bad is it? And, 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 and the devil's in the details, as it always is. And, of course, we don't have access to his actual medical mm-hmm. information. We just know what's been released to the media. Um, but typically for, for a pec major injury, it's pretty unusual injury, mm-hmm. becoming a lot more common nowadays. Part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, so much more of the general population um, is fitness minded mm-hmm. and you know no good deed goes unpunished as you try to stay healthy as you try to work out and as you try to stay in shape th- those tend to be the people that sustain this injury unfortunately mm-hmm. it's almost exclusively not entirely but almost exclusively an injury that happens to males in, you know between the ages of 20 and 40 years old i think we're starting to see it a little more now also on uh, older males uh, mm-hmm. over the age of 40 as guys continue to work out and push mm-hmm. pretty hard past those sort of primish years 
very, very uncommon. In fact, um, at one point, you know, when I, when I was going through my training, my resident training, there was um, uh, something called, uh, uh, there's, a, there's an orthopedic surgeon in Virginia named uh, from UVA, Mark Miller, and he did the, you know, uh, orthopedic review course, which got you ready for the boards. And during his orthopedic review course, he would say, um, if, if you ever see a female who has a pec major tear, report that um, and um, write it up because it's the first one. Now, I don't know if that still holds true. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say that times have changed, you know, in the last 15 or 20 years. Um, and I think it would be a lot more likely that um, with the way uh, you have females training, MMA and, and mm -hmm. all these other kind of sports, I don't think it would be that far outside the box that females would have the same injury. Mm -hmm. But regardless, far fewer, almost exclusively males, 20 to 40 years old, uh, get this particular injury and there are different gradations of it. Mm -hmm. And so, so it can certainly mean a whole lot of different things depending on time out, like yeah. time missed. Yeah. So I, I think most of the people that might be listening to this podcast mm -hmm. just know right off the bat what the pec muscle is. Probably. Right. right? Um, it, we know it's the bench press muscle, right? right? It's, Your chest we're, muscle. Yeah. We're, we're making, yeah. you know, we're making that big chest. Right. What is the anatomy like of that muscle? That's a great question, actually, because it's pretty unique anatomy. Um, it, it, it's, it's a very large muscle. Mm -hmm. It covers a fairly large area and it mm -hmm. comes from different directions. Typically, it, it, there are two different heads to the muscle, so two different origins to the muscle. The heads, uh, one is the clavicular head mm -hmm. and it comes off of the medial or the inside portion of your collarbone, your clavicle. Um, and that then goes and it attaches to the top of your arm, your humerus. And then there's the sternocostal head, which goes from basically your sternum is that that bone that runs right down the center of your chest. So it, it comes off of the uh, that that particular bone that right right down the center of your chest and then off of some of your ribs, actually one through six ribs, one through six. And as they uh, go across your chest and then attach onto the top of your arm, they almost do a little twist right there at the end. So it makes it a very unique muscle that it can, it can contract and, and, and function in many different directions. But as a, as a, as a product of that, the, the, the inferior, the bottom portion of it actually is a little bit susceptible to, to injury. Mm -hmm. Typically, you know, standardly, this was described as a weightlifter's injury, and it happens to weightlifters while they're bench pressing and usually during the negative. So as a weightlifter has the bar and as it's coming down towards their chest, so eccentric uh, tensioning. As, so now as they're pushing it up, but actually in the other direction, as it's coming down and as they're sort of resisting it, so not letting it drop, but sort of holding it so it comes down nice and slowly and controlled, then it, then, then it runs the risk of tearing. But yes, yeah, it's, it's that chest muscle that goes from the, the middle of your chest out to the arm, comes in all different directions, has a little bit of a twist at the end. And um, I would think that's like one of the unique things about it is that yeah. most people are just going to think of it as their pec muscle, right. Or, you know, right on their chest. But it, it's, it in fact goes across the space yeah. to their arm. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's what makes the injury so significant in that it's yeah, yeah he's not going to be able to bench press, but he's not going to be doing a lot of be able be able to do a lot of other things as well. You lose the ability to generate a lot of power. Yeah. Um, so the motion that it helps you do is adduction, adduction. So so kind of bringing your arm across the midline, mm -hmm. as well as forward flexion of the shoulders. So bringing your arm up, basically up in front of you, and and as well as internal rotation of the arm. Um, you can just try to picture internal rotation, and you lose you lose a lot of power, which is in in, in a football player very important right. sort of sort of uh, motion.
Let's go through a lot of the other episodes we've had. We usually have this mechanism of injury. We, we reviewed the clip and, you know, I don't think we, you and I went through that for no, this one. No. Um, let's start with somebody like Brandon Brooks. Yeah. How would we anticipate a pec strain or a pec tear occurring in an offensive lineman? So if you think about the blocking motion, right? Mm -hmm. like, and he's, he's an offensive lineman, he's a guard, mm -hmm. and he comes off the ball and theoretically his arms should be kind of in and close and tight to his chest as he's, yeah. as he engages yeah. the defensive lineman and tries to prevent him from getting past he's them. Kind, he's kind of like bench pressing. Sort right? of like yeah. bench pressing. Right. And, and now the defensive lineman is trying to make some moves, mm -hmm. could get around him, doing a little swim move, he's kind of spinning, mm -hmm. whatever it is he's trying to do to, to, to get past him. Mm -hmm. And assuming the offensive lineman has his has his hands, uh, you know, up, uh, uh, you know, either on his chest or, or engaged underneath his shoulder pads. Mm -hmm. As the guy is trying to run by him, you can imagine it pushes his arm back, kind right. of into that bench press position, right. and it's it's like the perfect bench press symmetrical move. Then, right. and unfortunately, like I said, while it's it's that eccentric motion, while mm -hmm. if if he's if the uh, if the defensive lineman is beginning to run by him as he's trying to hold him back, is that eccentric uh contraction and it can lead to a tear the, so in football typically these are the guys that get it are the offensive linemen to some extent defensive linemen but and the other sort of off the cuff way of getting this injury is sometimes direct contusion you know someone takes a helmet right into their right into their chest and it can actually kind of split the muscle fibers a little bit mm. what other population you know could we see this in like say in the orthopedic office uh somebody comes in yeah do you see this often if it's not a football player you can. Mm -hmm. So the most common one is weightlifters, bodybuilders, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and, you know, sort of hate to say this, but one of the risk factors for this particular injury is previous anabolic steroid use. Mm -hmm. That's not meant to implicate Brendan Brooks right. in any way, shape or form. It can absolutely 100% happen to somebody who has not yeah. used anabolic steroids in the past. But bodybuilders are a population traditionally known to mm -hmm. potentially do that. So, so that does weaken the tendons somewhat mm -hmm. and so those are the guys that sometimes uh or are the most likely to have this particular injury those are the guys who are pushing ridiculous amount of weights when they're bench pressing and working out and it usually happens while bench pressing that's the most common you see it in wrestlers you see it in football players uh, maybe a couple of other sports that would involve a similar motion but i think it's most common football players wrestlers and bodybuilders immediately after there was a bit of uncertainty whether how long we would be without Brandon Brooks on the offensive line. Right. Uh, and a lot of that became just from the diagnosis, whether it was a full rupture or was it a strain? Right. How do those present differently at the, at the time of initial evaluation? Sure. Um, so, so why were we left a little bit in the dark there for that, you, you know, day or so? Tough to tell, right? Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, different gradations of basically the same uh, injury, the same entity. So uh, there's, there's, a, there's a classification system, the tight gen classification system. And in the classification system, you grade at one, two, or three. Grade one tends to be more of a strain. So, so tweaking of the muscle, stretching the muscle, even maybe a small partial tear of the muscle. Then type two tends to be a partial tear, an actual tear. Discontinuity, maybe not entirely entire discontinuity, but discontinuity of some of the fibers. And then type three is a full thickness tear. And then, then actually, to be honest with you, then, then type three gets subclassified into where the tear was. Was it where the tendon attached to bone? Was it where the tendon became muscle? Was it in the muscle belly? Was it in the, where, where the muscle attached to bone, you know, at, at its origin. So 
it's tough to determine. Is this just a partial tear? Is this a strain? You're going to get swelling. You're going to get a lot of pain. The mechanism is the same. It's just different gradations of the same injury. Yeah. How did Brandon present or how would you think he presented to the medical staff for the Eagles at, at the time? I mean, where is his arm? Where, right. You know, is, is it just kind of hanging, yeah. hanging down? So it's not like a, like a shoulder dislocation where yeah. your arm was kind of hanging at its side and, you know, it's, it's, you're excruciating pain and whatnot. But it's semi-similar. Lots of times people describe a, a pop. They felt a pop. Um, he probably has his arm hanging or he's supporting his arm. Mm -hmm. but, but it's not just kind of dangling there. And he has pain in his chest and there's a lot of swelling in his chest. Mm -hmm. And then to be perfectly honest with you, when we see, not necessarily on the sideline, when you see this, let's say the next day in the, in the office setting, what you wind up seeing is um, a lot of bruising across your chest wall, sometimes and oftentimes kind of in the axilla in your armpit and as well as down the arm and then you'll see there's, there's something called a, a drop to nipple sign so on that side if, especially if it's full thickness tear it yeah. completely pulls off actually on that side that nipple is lower than on the other side because as the muscle begins to retract everything sort of drops down a little bit on that side and the nipple looks a little bit lower and then the other thing is that the web space kind of kind of in your armpits at the front there where is, is, is where your pec muscle, your chest muscles crosses over to, to your arm. On one side, asymmetry. Like one side kind of looks normal. There's almost like this web space there. And then on the other side, it frequently really thins out. It's almost like a cord-like appearance where, where there's something called your fascia, which is, which is uh, a layer of tissue that envelops the muscle. The fascia is still intact. So it almost looks like a cord, but the muscle slips out from underneath the fascia. So it's no longer full. It's like this thin little line that goes across there. And it's really accentuated when somebody brings their arms up to the sides. You can really see that difference between one side and the other. And then it's accentuated even more if somebody tries to then produce what we call an adduction force or try to say to close their arms and, and try to use some of that muscle. All of a sudden you see what a dramatic difference one side from the other side looks. So given everything you just said, how important is the MRI uh, to the orthopedic physician? Like, yeah. You, you've gone through your test. You see the drop nipple sign. Yeah. Is it just to determine the severity of the tear um, or is it to make a better diagnosis? Um, a little bit of both. I think, I think when you see this, you probably have the diagnosis in your head. Um, and you want to confirm that diagnosis. You know, there's a two dramatic different, dramatically different pathways, right? If it's not too severe, hopefully you can go down a non-operative pathway. That is a much better prognosis, a much quicker return, and things are much better for that particular person versus a non-operative pathway, right? And th that sort of leads us into the, the, the next little debate there. You know, do you do surgery on this or do you not do surgery on this? When you're making that decision, there's a multiple factors that go into the, the, the process. One is how active is this person? In an older, more sedentary type of person, you can not do surgery on this. And actually, typically, they'll do fine. They'll lose some strength. They probably won't have that much pain. They'll have a cosmetic deformity. Um, so, so you can always see this difference, but they don't care, right? They just don't want to have the surgery. Um, and, and they'll do fine. The, the issue is here is that most people who get this are not that sedentary older individual. The majority of people who get this are the active young individuals, professional athletes, bodybuilders, and those things, the cosmesis. Like for a bodybuilder, you can't have a torn 
pec tendon. It's, it's basically the end of your career as a bodybuilder, right? And if you're a professional football player, you can't have a torn pec tendon. You're going to have residual weakness if we don't fix that. And that's going to really impact your career. So frequently this goes down a surgical pathway because um, that gives you the best chance of getting back to normal. And it's a big part of that is who this injury happens to. And the injury happens to people who don't have that luxury of saying, you know what, it's no big deal. I can live with this, right? It happens to people who don't have that margin of error. Mm-hmm. So they need to have it fixed. So lots of times it winds up leading to a surgery. So, so you want to do that MRI to know, is this a very mild form of this where we could potentially get away without the surgery? Mm-hmm. Um, or is this a more severe form where, or like a moderate to severe where we have to do the surgery because in this population, there really isn't much margin for error. It, it directly leads into my next question where right. um, I think we're, we've stepped back from the ledge, yeah. you know, it, the, the, the prognosis seems to be a little bit better for him. Yeah. We know Brandon's going to the IR, right. which in the NFL means minimum three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that could just be a roster move for the time being. Um, what did we avoid? I think it doesn't seem like a full rupture. What did we avoid by him not fully rupturing it and he would have been out? You take it from here. Right, right. Well said. Well said. Okay, so um, gained a heck of a lot. Yeah. All right. So, so again, like I just said, typically the population that the that this happens in is more of an athletic mm-hmm. population. And if there is a if it's a moderate injury, a moderate tear, uh, or a full thickness tear, they're they're going for surgery. Mm-hmm. It's a long recovery, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about been done for the year, done for right? the year. Yeah. 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 So, so the surgery itself is actually would have been done for the Super Bowl because Eagles were going to be in it in February. He would have been out for that, too. Wishful thinking. <laughs> there, buddy. Yeah. 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 You know, so but yeah. So so if the Eagles do happen yeah. to make it to the Super Bowl, despite, you know, yeah. uh, the, him not being there. Yeah. Um, fortunately, that's not the case. Right. right? But but um, yeah, no, no, he would not be back. So um, from a surgical standpoint, um, Essentially, what you have to do is make an, make an incision in the chest. It's usually between the, the, the pec muscle and the deltoid, kind of your shoulder muscle. There's that, there's that crease that's right in between the two. You make an incision there. It's an open surgery. It's not an arthroscopic surgery. There are three kind of main ways to fix it with a button, um, which kind of goes through the bone and sits inside the, 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 inside the medullary canal of the, of the arm bone. That's number one. Two, the traditional way was um, to put sutures in the in the tendon and sew it over a little bone mm-hmm. bridge, make a little trough in the bone and kind of have the tendon land back into that trough. And then three, put put suture anchors, which are anchors that we use in all these other kinds of surgeries into the bone and sew it down. So there are three three different really main ways to fix it. And then you fix it and you're typically you're in a sling for six weeks, right? And then we mm-hmm. get you out of the sling and slowly but surely we start moving it. Mm-hmm. And it really takes until about month number four maybe up to month number six before we're going to let you begin strengthening. Right. And then, and then this is your chest muscle, right? This right. is your pec. This is a big muscle. It completely atrophies in that time. And it takes a little bit of time to get that back. So I think for a professional football player, you're looking at six months, maybe eight months, mm-hmm. maybe nine months before they're, before they're back and playing at full strength and able to do what they want to do. If, if you have to go the surgical route, right. Which it doesn't sound like we are for in this case. Right. Um, at minimum three weeks on yeah. the on, on the IR. Yeah. Is that because he could play in four weeks or what is your estimation on what we assuming the reports are correct that this is a pec strain? Right. Can we see him 
immediately after those three weeks are over? So again, it's all about gradations and the devil's in the details, right? Mm -hmm. And and so similarly, right, uh, the Steelers just came out that Ben Roethlisberger may have a pec strain of his non-throwing arm, uh, so his left, his left, his left pec, right? He may not miss a week, yeah. right? So it's a totally different gradations. Like it, it could be just a little tweak of the pec muscle, but um, because it's not his throwing arm, he's going to do just fine. Maybe he took a helmet into the chest and it's it's a little bit damaged, but it's going to heal and he's not going to lose anything. I, I don't imagine it's that kind, right? I, I got to imagine it's grade one. I don't even think it's grade two, to be honest with you, because I think if it's grade two in this in this type of a person, in a professional athlete, a professional football player, they're probably fixing that. I imagine it's a grade one strain, um, and I would say four weeks would be the bare minimum uh, in terms of in terms of return. But it's not outside the realm of possibility. One of the things we've touched on in, in a few of the episodes going back would be like injury prevention. Yeah. So. Brandon Brooks is 6'5", 330 pounds, maybe on a good day. I'm, he, he might even be more than that. He's a monster of a little man. little puppy. Right. I mean, he's a monster of a man. <laughs> when we talk about injury prevention, is this preventable? And I think in the episode we brought this up, like we talked about how sports injuries are really just when it comes down to it, physics, right? Right. X amount of force at yeah. X amount of angle. Right. I'm assuming Brandon Brooks can bench press a significant amount. His pecs were strong. Right. They're probably well developed. Right. Was this just a unfortunate incident where his arm was extended yeah. and there was just enough force to push it back at a certain speed even? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just it, the, just the right or just the wrong angle kind of a thing. Right. I, I, it's hard to imagine like us having to tell a professional football player at the highest of highs right. that – his chest was weak, right? Right. Like he just, he, you just can't bench press enough. Right. You know, what are your thoughts on that? So, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting question. It's, it's, it's a difficult one to answer. My basic gestalt about it is that, is this particular one preventable? Probably not, mm -hmm. but I still, I, I go back to, and, and again, I think, I think this point of view is the, uh, the minority point of view. I don't mm -hmm. think most people would necessarily agree with me, but I, but I think that certain people are more prone yeah. to injury than other people. And that doesn't, um, you know, I mean, think about what he's went through in his history, right? Like, right. Two, who tears both Achilles? Right. Dislocates their shoulder. Right. Um, you know, the, I mean, he's missed a significant amount of time in his career. Yeah. And don't worry, he doesn't mean he's a, an, no, not and, an incredible and, athlete. And, and Brandon is worth every penny of that contract while he's that playing. He got yeah. While he's playing, yeah, you know. And I mean, he was a big part of the Super Bowl run, and you know, right. and everything. Yeah. Um, Everybody's made differently, right? Yeah. Everybody's wired just a little bit differently. You know, some people's some people's brains are totally, you know, math oriented, and yeah. they they can just process math yeah. incredibly well and then the next person is um totally artistic and they see things just very differently right. than the than the next person does and i think that you know that's that's your brain the way your brain is wired and i think that holds true for your body and your ligaments and your tissues mm -hmm. and some people have these very hard ligaments and some people have um even though they're strong as heck and they're right. incredibly gifted in terms of their hand-eye coordination and their yeah. body position, all the different things that go into making their, their fast twitch muscles and their speed right. and all the things that goes, go into making them an incredible athlete. But maybe, maybe the strength of their tendon yeah. just isn't as strong. Yeah. And especially once they become this 
super powerful person, right. all of a sudden their muscles begin to overpower their tendons, and then they're more susceptible yeah. to a tendon injury or a ligament injury or whatever, what have you. Because you as a Steelers fan, you've probably seen enough games where uh, they went up against Cleveland, right? <laughs> I, if, if you, if I'm you, not sure where this is going, but okay. If you think about like uh, Joe Thomas, right. right? I mean, they're a Hall of Fame lineman. Uh, yeah, I think he forever. played 10 years yeah. without missing a game. Right. Neither one of us have ever been in the weight room with Joe Thomas or Brandon Brooks, but right. to think that like, well, he just didn't get hurt because he could bench press more than Brandon Brooks does. Like, more to it, it than that, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's got to be more to it. Right. This guy, Tom Brady. J Joe Thomas never missed a game in 10 years. And, 10 years. And, Can and you Brandon, imagine? You know, and, and Brandon's missed four seasons. Right. You know, at, at some point or had four season ending injuries at yeah. one point. It, it, it's crazy. You could, injury prevention is so hard. I'm not sure anything's 100% preventable. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think anything is 100% preventable. I do think that there is definitely, without question in my mind, there is the ability to lower the risk, right? Right. You may still be someone who's at a higher risk than the next guy who just by, you know, pure luck and right. pure genetics or whatever it is, happens to be a little more injury resistant, but you can still do the right things mm -hmm. to lower your own risk. Sure. And, and that includes I'm sure tons of the things that Brandon Brooks has been doing, right. working out, staying yeah. strong, staying in shape, but like, maintaining your flexibility. I think that's a big part up, of it. Uh, boy, I wish I had looked at this closer, like Taekwondo as part of his regimen. Right. You know, after one of his Achilles uh, tears, he had Im implemented that into his training regimen. Right. Flexibility, cardiovascular. All the right things. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And he's still, you know. Yeah. And you could say, you know what? It's just, it's just bad luck. And sometimes it probably is. But, but you do see it often enough that this, this guy just happens to have a lot of injuries. Right. This guy never does. And, 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 you know, maybe it's just, just dumb luck and maybe yeah. it's just, you know, completely random. I don't know. I, I, I personally think there's more to it than just that. Yeah. Well, we're heading into week three of the NFL season. The Eagles got a primetime Monday night football game with the Cowboys. With, uh, and it looks like they're going to be starting Landon Dickerson. <laughs> Uh, their second round draft pick out of Alabama sure. had a great college career. Suddenly it looks like the Eagles are turning into, you know, the Crimson Tide here with Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. Could Andy be Dickerson. worse. Yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> um, but, you know, hoping, you know, all goes well and that we can kind of, you know, right the ship and, you know, stay afloat until uh, Brandon's back. My, my, my estimation? I would love to hear it. How, right. how long are we going to be without him? My, my guess is about six weeks, right? Six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And it, it could, I think there's a chance that it's less than that, and a uh, small chance that it's less than that. And again, the devil's in the details, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think there's a moderate chance. I would say small chance less than that, moderate chance it's more than that. Uh, I'd go up to eight weeks. But um, and, and I, I think in all, in all probability, this, this is a six to eight week injury. It's not the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. um, assuming it's a strain, assuming it's a grade one, and assuming that he rehabs well and bounces back pretty well. Right. And, and, and part of that's reading the tea leaves, right? Mm -hmm. You have to assume someone with this athlete, because there's a, a, um, a tendency to go down a surgical pathway for these guys, because it's been shown it, without question, if your injury is bad enough that the People do better with surgery, mm -hmm. right? And someone who has, you know, when, when, when a team has this much invested in an individual, right. they're thinking about the long haul, right? And if, if, if that injury was bad enough, I think that he's going down the road of surgery and the season's over. But in this particular situation, they're opting no surgery. So reading the tea leaves, mm -hmm. it's probably a tweak. It's probably a tear. It's probably not awful. I'd be surprised if it's a 12-week variety. I think a six- to eight-week variety is probably the most likely. Right. Well, 
the Eagles weren't the only ones that came out of uh, week two. Uh, with a, I mean, this was a big injury week. Right? I wonder why that is. You, th- you know, in the preseason this year, a lot of teams didn't play a lot of their players to try to avoid injury. And the question becomes, does that come back to haunt you? week one and week two and it seems like week one people did pretty well yeah but week two a lot of people went down there was a this was a big fantasy impact week too yeah I mean, a lot of offensive players went down which is really where the fantasy football you, you know unless you're in one of those really uh extensive leagues where you're drafting defensive players right um but l- let's start off with and we talked a little bit about off air before we we, we hit the record button sure. here the guys that really impact fantasy football and let's right. start with you know none other than delvin cook um, in most leagues, he went in the top three. Went to me. <laughs> ankle, ankle sprain. Uh, and it seems to be downplayed a bit. Right. Um, I think that's a good sign, I would think. Total gradations of injury. Um, I, if, I, if I'm a betting man, uh, he plays this week. Uh, at the, maybe if he misses this week, I'm guessing he's back the next week. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a lateral ankle sprain. I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's not a high ankle sprain. Right. And assuming it's a lateral, lateral ankle sprain, taped up maybe he's a little bit impacted by it but i'm guessing he gets back out there this week and uh you know the athletic trainer for the minnesota vikings eric sugarman actually at westchester university grads all right um i'm sure he's taped you know millions and millions of angles this point i'm sure he's got every tool in the toolbox ready to get delvin ready for that game you know week three speaking of shout outs shout out to 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 rowan university i've heard a number of the athletic trainers and athletic training students have been tuning in we really appreciate that yeah we're right down the road here like we said neck of the woods brewing company here in Pittman. we'd love to have you guys over one evening catch the show live awesome um assuming you're old old all old enough to have a beer (laughs) with us uh but yeah we'd love to have you guys down here so yeah shout out to rowan university athletic training program um, another big one, running back, Daryl Henderson. Um, the rib injuries are always tough. And there was actually uh, two. Yeah. Two with Tagliavoa. Um, and this is where the whole fantasy discussion gets a little bit tough. I, right. I don't know how many people are starting Tua. Right. Um, you're probably desperate or you really did not prioritize prioritize quarterback. quarterback. Right, right, right. But I think Henderson for the Rams, you know, he was in top three rounds. Yeah. Uh, maybe if he slipped to you in four, you're probably pretty lucky. Uh, you think he was that good? I don't know. I feel like, he, you know, he's a good player, but I don't know. Again, probably in the minority. I, th- I thought most drafts he was going like late third round. Yeah, I guess that's probably reasonable. Yeah. I feel like uh, like Sony Michelle, who the Rams mm-hmm. signed from yeah. the Patriots, is a better running back than maybe he's been ge- being mm-hmm. given credit for right now. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I know that our show is going to air right. after, <laughs> right. uh, after our pickups. Yeah. I know I'm putting in for Sony Michelle. I have a, just because I yeah. think he's good enough to take over the starting yeah. role there. I actually drafted him yeah. and, and then I cut him because he got zero zero right. attention. Yeah. But, but now I wish I hadn't cut him. Uh, my, my gut is that, um, you know, rib injuries. Did he break his rib? I hope not. Um, right. Uh, even if he did, it's it's really more of a pain management, yeah. pain relief type of thing. I'm guessing as a running back, he probably misses this week and maybe back the next week. But it, there's a total, there's a ton of variability yeah. there. That's, that's a tough one to predict. Yeah. With two, uh, granted, it's a little less significant. If I, if I'm if I'm guessing, if I'm predicting, again, the limited information that I have, I'm, I think maybe two is going to be back this week. Now, mm-hmm. so I read a report that it, he did not have a break. Mm-hmm. But it's just so it's more of this, you know, rib contusion, rib injury. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing it's just a matter of dealing with the pain. Maybe they give him an injection, try to calm it down, and let him let him give it a go. And just hope he doesn't take another. And big hope he doesn't shot. take another yeah. Big shot. Yeah. 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 Um, your Cleveland Browns. My Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh man, you're killing me here. 
Jarvis Landry, I mean, he was, right. again, probably not everyone's top receiver, but an MCL pretty sprain. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And, you know, taken later rounds. Yeah. MCL sprain, right. um, which could vary greatly, right? All over the map. If you're, if, if you're, if you're an athlete and you, you're going to injure any ligament around your knee, the MCL is probably the one you want to want to injure. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to bounce back a little more quickly. Typically, you know, best case scenario is typically like nine days, mm -hmm. seven to nine days. So, so it's possible he doesn't even miss a single game in all probability. I'm guessing he misses one week, comes back the week after. Right. We grade these one, two, and three, depending on just how stretched or how torn it is. Assuming this is a grade one, he's going to miss, you know, a week, maybe mm -hmm. two weeks but he'll be back yeah. uh if it's if it's worse than that then yeah it'll, it'll be a little bit longer unfortunately baker mayfield's another guy i don't know how many people are you know forced to start him on, on their fantasy he's not team. bad man i yeah. i think there's probably people out there yeah. starting him subluck shoulder but his non-throwing shoulder and we've had right. a few episodes on the shoulder right uh he, he he's quoted as saying he felt it pop in pop out right you know this is something he could play with being that it's his non-dominant ham yeah, I think he will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the he best decision. He didn't miss a snap. I, to his credit, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and, and, and even still, if, if it truly sublocks, you know, there may be some value to hold him and holding him out a week. But, but I have a feeling he's, he's, he's not going to miss any time. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and now that I think about it, we talked about the last week when we did this kind of fantasy football round table. We mentioned the 49ers. Right. Um, they lost IU. What in the heck? I, I guess they shouldn't say they, they, they didn't lose Ayuk because yeah. he did come back and play against it's the Eagles. because they were playing the Eagles. That's why they lost so many guys. No. Ayuk, Mostert last week. Right. This week, against the Eagles, they lose their next three running backs. Right. Uh, one to a concussion. That was uh, Trey, Sermon, Trey Sermon, who I think is probably rostered on most people's. Right, right. Big upside there. That guy looks like it's going to be pretty good. And the concussion's tough because he obviously went through the, the protocol on mm -hmm. the field, and he – Apparently, you know, didn't get through that. Yeah. You know, he was seen by the, you know, the non-biased opinion. Sure. And now it's just a matter of how he progresses this week through yeah. that protocol. We so don't, hard we have, to predict. We have no idea yeah. how, how significant his symptoms were. Yeah. The concussion, if, if you're looking to play Trey Sermon, I, I'm sure you would agree with me. Just keep checking those updates, whether That's or it. not how he's progressing. Because, yeah. You know, he could have been, you know, a slight headache on the field and he will probably pass through the protocol, but... If they were worse and we don't know, then you're looking at a couple of weeks. For sure, for sure. Like all over the map there. And unless you know the details, you just can't predict that one. Yeah. And Mitchell and Hasty, I mean, they, they lost both those running backs. They didn't return to the game. I, I don't know. If you're a 49ers fan, you you can't be confident moving forward here. Snake bitten. Yeah, absolutely. But how about um, Deontay Johnson from the Steelers? <sighs> all right, so we don't have a ton of information yeah. on it, right? Um, and, and he's a good receiver, man. I don't know mm -hmm. if he gets enough credit, to be honest with you. Everyone looks at... Juju and everybody looks at that Claypool because of the, 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 the stellar, spectacular type of catches. But right. um, Deontay Johnson's become the, the kind of your steady go to, yeah. Ben's favorite target, quick hit sort of right. receiver. Um, he had a problem last year. He dropped the ball more often than you would like to see. Um, and he seems to be a little more injury prone. I'm a little nervous. Maybe he's one of those guys. But um, you know, all we know is. Uh, knee injury don't really know anything about the knee injury and we know that he missed the very end of the game and uh, that uh, as Tomlin had put it well you know his knee is improving that's not to be confused with perfect or, or however however he phrased or it great or, or something right like that. right yeah. yeah exactly my gut if I'm if I'm again reading the tea leaves my gut is that this is probably an MCL injury is there a chance he plays this week yeah there's a chance I have a feeling it's going to be a two-week injury 
Well, we'll keep checking. We'll, we'll check as the weekend progresses. And For sure. You're on record, Brandon Brooks, six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's my prediction. All right, well, we're going to double check you on that. All right, all right. Well, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap things up for this evening. Before we go ahead and close out our tab, we want to thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and focused on you approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination. Neck of the Woods Brewing Company for hosting us each and every week. Again, located right here at 614 Lambs Road, Pittman, New Jersey. And our good friends at Timber Reel Productions, Joe Warner, our producer, Kyle Miller, our editor. Thanks a lot for joining us and we'll catch you guys next time.